You're going to yeah. cut this part yeah. out later. Yeah. <laughs> I was already thinking. <laughs> yeah. uh, one thing is, how old are you? Four and three quarters. Uh, how old do you think I am? 28. <laughs> and how old do you think Mama is? Since you're 28, she's 29. Oh, actually, I'm 42. Yes. Does, does, that, does that seem old or young? You're, you're older, but if you're full grown, you still have birthdays. You're just older, like not taller and older. Oh, yeah. And what do you, how old do you think is really old? 100. Yeah, that's pretty old. Guess uh, what? Oh, yeah. Liam's grandpa died before he was 100. Oh, yeah. A lot of... Most people don't live to 100. That's really pretty old. Yeah, hmm. so he was maybe 99. Huh. So something that's kind of been on my mind lately, especially as my wife and I kind of talk through some of these things, is the fact that we kind of met each other later in life. I mean, not way later, but in our 30s rather than 20s. And uh, my wife had already been in a marriage and divorced and had a kid. And then we got together and we had a kid and we were older parents than most parents and I've just been trying to think through what this all means to our relationship. So, here's that conversation. So, do you remember your concern when we were walking in Laurelhurst Park and we were, we were, you know, thinking about this concept of us dating? Mm-hmm. And you had a concern about it, and you asked me, and I honestly, this isn't like a question where I know the answer to, but I know this is related to well, age stuff. Well, I remember that. I, I, I mean, I, I know for a fact that I'm about six and a half years older than you are. and uh, You can't prove that. Yes, I, actually I can. And so one of my concerns was that I was 39 at that point and that, you know, that you were a foxy younger man. and <laughs> Well, I was uh, a man. <laughs> actually, and, even that I don't feel so confident about. <laughs> And that maybe there were things that, um, you know, that a, a man in his early 30s, like you were at that point, could expect to, like, be dating a younger woman and have children and do all those things. And that maybe you wouldn't want to be dating a woman as old as I am. And do you remember what I said? <laughs> yeah, you were like, well, I was thinking of dating a 50-year-old woman so that she'd be past all that crap about kids and family and stuff. And so, like, you're actually young. Relatively. You're too young for yeah, me. Yeah, you're too yeah. young for me. I had this instinct when we started dating. I didn't have any real world evidence about it. Well, maybe just watching other people that you know I wasn't really so sure I wanted to be in a relationship. But if I did, if I was going to be in one, it seemed actually more compelling to be in a relationship with somebody who was kind of over the the craziness of relationships that happen at the younger age, you know, mm. or the whole dramatic stuff. Even though I was I turned out to be a drama queen during our relationship. But that you had kind of you'd been married and divorced, you had a kid and so you'd be over some of the Mishugas of Yeah. Some of my nerve in early are, love. Or just burned out, yeah. Yeah. And so to me that was kind of exciting. That I was like, <laughs> woohoo we can kind of deal with this on a different plane than hmm. the the crazy drama of a of young love. 
So maybe you're, you just start out in reality. Yeah, but, you know, so, I mean, I don't want to overlap too much with our romantic, unromantic discussion. But do you think, like, there, there's something, I think, interesting about people who have met each other in, like, the next phase of mm. their life, rather than that meet at 16 and it's all yeah. you know. Which, you know, I'm not saying that that's all bad. I mean, there's some interesting things about yeah. knowing people through those years. But when you meet somebody there, you know, you've already been burned and scarred and been through the shit. Yeah. And you come out the other side. And so I think there's something interesting about that. And divorce just seems like a very obvious... Can we get divorced and then remarried so I can mm. say I've been through divorce? No. Okay. But I think there is something interesting about having been divorced. I mean, although there is a probably a trauma that can be associated with it. It's a growth process. Yeah. There's, there's some growth. You've been in the shit. Yeah. What do you think about re- relationships in a different, in that next phase of life? Well, something I thought about more when I, uh, I got divorced in my early, mid-30s. Something as I was dating that I noticed about myself, and I had a child, was that You know, when I was younger and my friends and I would talk about men, it was like the worst thing that could happen was that like the boy you liked didn't like you and that your heart, your your widow, how how it would get hurt. And then when I was in my 30s with this, you know, little son that I was raising. um, Is that what you call me? No, no. My actual child. Oh, okay. uh, Like something happening to him was the worst thing that could happen to me. And if a man loved me or didn't love me, it just was like the stakes were higher someplace else. Yeah. Right? So, and that was actually a really comfortable feeling for me to feel like, you know, my intense love needs were being met somewhere in a way. So I kind of had time and it forced me to do some better boundary setting. Like I would do things for my son that I wouldn't do for myself when I was younger. Yeah. But I also noticed this kind of carelessness about just being less... I, I think actually, well, I mean, men and women both mature a lot as they grow older. But that for women in their 20s, that they have the potential and younger to be kind of passive in a way. or And that as you get older, you get more, I don't know, maybe a little outspoken or something. You know what you want and you can say. Yeah. So something I remember about the walk in the park is like, is I think that was when I said to you, like, you know, that. That there's no abortion for me anymore. That if we got pregnant, that there's no abortion. And I was just thinking, holy shit, you want to have sex with me? <laughs> right, you were so excited by that part. You just were like, yeah, whatever, yeah. baby, fine. Yeah. But um, but when I was younger, that would have taken more tiptoeing around. Mm. or Yeah, you just laid it out. It was like, we're in the romance phase, and you're like, we're going to talk about abortion on right, this I'm walk. And I'm like, and by the way, let's just, there's here's the terms. Like... Yeah. You know, you might as well know the dangerous roads you're getting into. Yeah. Well, and also for me, like having been through, I think that um, for young love especially, there's this idea that love conquers all, and that if you love each other enough, that you can pull yourselves through anything. And and now you know that's all bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love, I think the appropriate phrase, I think people misinterpreted it, it's love conquers a couple things, but not so many things. Love <laughs> <Right. Health laughs> conquers a few. Yeah. And so maybe you better have some stuff in alignment mm. that's important to you. Because your partner isn't going to want to fall over themselves changing for you. You know, one thing I think was interesting is I feel like I was kind of in between worlds. Where 
in a way I was felt like I was I had transcended a lot of this relationship craziness because I was like this solo guy. I'd been single for I forgot maybe like six or seven years, and I was really shooting for like a decade. I, was I mean, say, I was when you look back on it, you're like that was the best period. Yeah, well, I, it was I, it was a pretty lovely period. But I, I, I reached like I you know I almost felt like a monk in some ways, like I had transcended this whole thing of the species. But on the other hand, I also was a little stunted in my growth in relationships. So one thing that was good about getting close to you is. Like, I also knew I couldn't play some of these childish games. Like, I couldn't call you at 3.30 in the morning and just say, I'm very sad when we were living in several places. Like, I'm very sad. Come over here. Find a a babysitter for your kid. I need you. Or, you know, I knew I couldn't pull that shit. Would that have happened in earlier relationships? Yeah, so I didn't. I haven't quite done that. But that that level of neediness I was capable of. And I just didn't feel like I could get away with it. So it was like it forced me to go to the next level of like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to I'm gonna pretend like I don't believe in that bullshit uh-huh. <laughs> and move on. Yeah, I mean, that, that part was kind of interesting to me. Is like I, I kind of instinctually felt like it would be very interesting to be with someone who has been through, you know, marriage, divorce, and having had kids. You were in a different headspace. Mm-hmm. Than all this drama, this like twenty something drama kind of thing that I could also feel like I was capable of. Like if I dated somebody seven years younger than me, I would have fallen for all the stuff from the previous decade, oh, all yeah. those issues. And so I liked you helped me leapfrog. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's some stuff that you weren't particularly crazy about. Like I like I have a best friend that we get together once a week and hang out with our kids. And Can't I know just talk about how much you hate men. <laughs> yeah, we're like, we sure, we sure do hate men. Yeah. Boy, howdy. Um, and and that you were kind of jealous of her in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And if I had been a younger woman, I probably would have, or in a younger phase of my own life, I would have tapered that off or, um, you know, been afraid of hurting you. And at that age, I just was like, yep, you're going to have to, you're sure going to have to learn to yeah, and I, I get was, used to that. I was pretty threatened by her. And also realizing that you, you had a depth of friendship with her between having kids and then b- being through a breakup, you know, or right, kids. Right, she got and, divorced. and Yeah, and so you'd been through something that I couldn't replace, you know what I mean? Like, I couldn't say... You're done with her. I can fill that whole yeah. thing, you know. I and so realizing that initially threatened me. I felt like, are you with me or are you with her? Yeah, that changed over time. Where I realized you've got this irreplaceable thing with her, and that's great. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. And I, you can still have a healthy, good, deep relationship with me. Yes. Plus, I get to go writing when you have I was going to say, her. now you're just like, thank God you're going somewhere with the children. Please right. Well, I mean, I think it's two again. things. One, I, you know, I'll take every, every microsecond <laughs> I can get uh, for my own creative horseshit. Uh, but, but I also don't feel threatened, and I'm happy you have those kind of friendships. Yeah. And maybe over time, too, you could see that it, there isn't any threatening content there for you. I, I just wish you wouldn't call her uh, your lover. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. That is not just, true. Does it hurt? Does it hurt your feelings when I call her my real partner? Yeah, yeah. Is that bother and me? you're always going to Victoria's Secrets yeah. before you go to her house. I know. Yeah. We have a no. we have a huge pillow fight plan. I don't know tomorrow. what the slumber party. You keep <laughs> yeah. calling it a slumber. Yeah, no. Yeah. I don't know, but I just I got I got over all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, in a way, I was kind of lost between early romance and the next level of you know romance and the you know i eventually got got in in line with those zone you were in the the, the darkened bullshit. the darkened zone i was living yeah. in the older zone i was living in yeah was yeah like, yeah because i mean i still think there's a beautiful depth to it you know so i'm not saying it's like screw this whole thing of having affection for people it's just a different yeah style of being close to somebody yeah i don't know that's well i even think of like celebrating anniversaries or valentine's day or something i think very early on you we just had some very level conversations where you were like so what's expected for this holiday like what a What's the output? Yeah, Yeah. what's the output that's expected? Or and just in a very smart way, we could, I think, discuss like what are your expectations? Not like I'm asking you to read my mind. Like if you can't figure out, yeah, what it is that I want, then you don't really love me or something. It's like although I played that game with you a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, that's because you're but you're foxy and young, so you have that kind of cachet. It, did you say neurotic <laughs> and shame-filled? Or? Uh-huh. Yeah, there's something about it. I mean, it, it also goes back to the unromantic romance in the sense that we could be more pragmatic about that stuff. Like, okay, let's figure out what the rules are of this thing. And it, it didn't it didn't diminish our affection for each other that we had. Yeah. We just decided, well, screw this doing something on February 14th, but let's have a really great night two Saturdays later when we have a babysitter yeah and well that's our take now but I think even initially it was you know we did we tended to do a little bit more I I over gifted a few holidays I like that in the man I I was I was a real obsessive gifter I know I remember like I smart move for a a man yeah uh, where I, I have like your holidays ready like six months in advance or uh-huh. your gifts ready. Uh-huh. My the only word bad thing was like I had six months to worry if it was going to get stale or yeah. And that explains why you usually give them to me like first thing in the morning on the holiday. Like I'm it's like five thirty like, in the morning. Let's get going. <laughs> I know, like I'm like I hope mine arrive by the end of the shipping day today. <laughs> and you're like they're all wrapped in the comic pages and ready to. Right. We were wrapped in copies of the Willamette Week. And really oh, yeah, that, that, I, I do have a wrapping problem. That'll be another episode. Chip off, okay. Okay. Here's something that I think is innate in us, and it's not just because we're old fogies that is true. We like to spend time alone. We've already talked about that. We each mm-hmm. like to be alone. And by being alone, I mean not with the other person, <laughs> but by ourselves. And I know some couples who have been with each other from very early like their teenage years at least one of them doesn't know what to do with themselves when they're not with the other person yeah you know and it could be an age thing i I think maybe it's just our basic constitution that we each need that alone time yeah but that that's something i have noticed about couples that have gotten close in their later years seem to have a tendency more to like have their own projects that are completely separate from the other person in fact 
having the other person there could be a hindrance to it. Yeah. Well, and especially that you're unwilling to give it up, that you know yourself well enough to think you do this not is part fuck of, around with my model train set right this is part of how i do things and yeah especially you know if you've changed in relationships before and given up something that you cared about then and then I the think, relationship goes to hell and you're you regret having given that up or, yeah 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 so that's sort of somewhat related i think we do, i think we both happen to be more on the extreme of wanting alone time well in my some previous big relationships, I've dated men who did not enjoy having a scrap of alone time and didn't understand why anyone would want to have it. And uh, that was pretty horrifying to me because that's a hard thing to explain to someone who doesn't understand it. It's not a threat to you. I just need to be alone. or it's Right. It's yeah. like explaining to someone why you like to breathe oxygen. I just feel like for me, it's a basic need. So this is part of it being a second relate, you know, a second marriage for me or an older relationship is that um, when I started hanging out with you a little bit more and knowing more about you, that I realized that even though on the surface, we might, I don't think we appear to be exactly alike, that we have a lot in common. We both have parents who are still married, and I think we have a similar closeness and distance from our parents, that we both love our parents and talk to them on a regular basis, but we don't do everything they say. We're not too close to them, you know, where what they say dictates what we do. And we have kind of uh, similar like financial ideas and we have ideas about being alone. So that in all these ways that love does not fucking conquer all, we, it wasn't going to have to conquer anything for us because I felt like we already were in alignment. Right. And that's something I was looking for in any kind of relationship that had the potential to be long-term was what things about one, other, one another do we already, do we innately understand? I see. So we didn't have like to explain or train each other too much on some of the fundamentals. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. So once I got through all your smokescreen about who you... That I was some elusive, <laughs> ambisexual, uh, <laughs> confused creature who was who terrified of humans. Uh-huh. Yeah. I see. Yeah, you were a heterosexual man who's petrified of humans. Right. And maybe every now and then my petrification is sexy. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Well, so there's a different aspect. I uh, maybe we can shift over to it is the fact that we're older parents. Mm-hmm. Is a whole different matzo ball of issues or something like that. It seems like it seems like that should be true, and yet you know I was really dreading this time around going on playdates with the little guy and having to hang out with other moms. And I was picturing hanging out with a mom who. Like it turned out would be young enough to also be my daughter. (laughs) And just um, being horrified by the lack of depth of conversation. But I think very young parents maybe aren't, don't have their kids in full-time daycare like we do. But that almost tends to be something that an older set of parents with established careers had for. And so, so just by virtue of the kids that our little guy picked to play with, the mothers I got hooked up with, you know, they're still younger than me. They're they're closer to your age, but they're in their forties. The yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and um, and like one of them is a um, has an older child like I do, and you know then our younger kids and a step parent, you know, a step husband. That doesn't sound right. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, a husband who's a step sexy. Oh wait, no, that but not hers. But yeah, I don't know. I, I it doesn't feel that different to me. Like, so let what? me ask you, like, what do you what? feel like is the impact of being an older dad? I mean, you've had a kind of interesting thing where since we have a 17-year-old and a 5-year-old that you've you've been through two rounds in different phases, which is kind of cool. But I don't know. The thing I like about it is I did not... I pictured this whole life of mine without kids. And so stumbling onto it was kind of an unexpected, fun thing. And all I know is that I have the wherewithal to really love the time with him. And I'm not saying I wouldn't have that if I were younger. Yeah. But I'm in a phase where I know I know that, you know, getting completely consumed by my career and forgetting about my kid, I would regret. But I don't know if that's an age thing. I think that's just a state of mind. All I know is it's... What's nice about things now is I kind of know a little bit more about who I am and what I want and what I care about. Yeah. And so I feel like that kind of feeds into a, a certain kind of relationship with the little guy yeah. that I enjoy. But you know, who knows how that, how that would have felt if I were 10 years younger having a kid. Yeah. But I think it's possible that you're more settled in many avenues of your life. Like if you were younger and having a child before you had your writing practice established, you might be like scrambling to figure out how you were going to do that. And... You know, you don't um, you don't write at a regular time every day. It's my belief, right? And so, but there's often a thought like, oh, if you're going to write, you should write. Set set the same time aside every day to write, where you just write whenever you can fit it fit it in. And um, so, I just wonder if that there would have been more angst about that, or yeah, I, I I realized I was a serious writer and that I wouldn't let this go before he was born. So, you know, I had already had ten, like, serious years of writing in before he was born. Well, and a bunch of short short stories published, and I think your novel accepted for publication. And It wasn't accepted. It was after he was born? Yeah, but I wrote the bulk of it before he was born. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, but yeah, so I, I had a certain things about me and my world established. Yeah. For what it's worth. You know, there's also the nice idea that... We would be at this age, and our kids are out the door. But <laughs> yeah, I want them to just go from if they could only go from zero to seven with us, and then shoot from seven to twenty-eight. <laughs> he's ready to launch. Yeah, he's four and a half, and yeah. he's ready to launch. So yeah, I don't honestly know what it's like to be an older parent versus a younger parent. Yeah, it, it's easy to say, oh, it's better to be in the situation that I happen to be in. Right. Exactly. I don't know what, and I think for true. me it feels more like being a second-time parent. You know, I see some things you do that are just so stupid because it's your first time around. Like what? Oh no, no. I'm just kidding. But like, um, what's something? I mean, I, I clearly feel like a first-time parent where I have to look <laughs> to you. Like, should I freak out? His face isn't turning green, so <laughs> is he okay? Well, and then we're so different in terms of freak-out level, right? Like, and like. He's fine. He'll get. He'll cough that balloon out of his throat in just a minute, <laughs> whatever. Just for the record, that didn't actually happen. Yeah, did not happen. Uh, I just see you get excited about some stuff. Um, excited in the bad way. 
No, like, no, it's worried. not bad, oh. but where you get, uh, you know, I can't think there's a many better examples, but something that, that I considered the other day was that you, I think it said something about what a great playhouse the shed would make for him out in the yard. And I already went through that with my older son, where I like cleaned that all out and found other places for everything in it, and I put down carpet in it, and I cut the carpet to fit, and I vacuumed it, and I put a little bed in there. And yeah, I, I want you to do that okay, again. Yeah, it's not happening. And uh, and then he never spent a second out there, like maybe uh, maybe a second or a few minutes, but it just like never worked for him. And so now this guy came along, and you know he's a whole different kid. He might play out there, and he's just never going to get the chance because that's where the lawnmower goes. Whoa, now we're bringing it all back. Yeah. I don't, it's it's too early for me to mow the lawn, right? The grass is really growing. This That's fodder for a different episode, but I don't want you to mow it. So Really? Yeah, it needs to be uh, weed-locked nice. first. Oh, yeah. wow. And that's not my job. I only do lawn mowing. I'm just I'm going to ask you to hold off on that. Oh, lawn wow. This is yeah. fascinating. I can't wait to hear the yeah. how the saga plays out. But so that you get excited, I think, about some stuff where I'm like, yeah, he's, he's not going to do that yet. Or, huh. oh, that's not such a big. Oh, yeah, I got all excited about that for our older guy, too. And that yeah, time, it's time will come. You know, like so you've I already had a series of disappointments <laughs> and failures <laughs> yes. that I, I can look forward uh-huh. to. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good to hear. Well, Laura, I think of, um, you know, I would get excited because um, our older guy always seemed like such a bright kid. And so I would buy something for him that was ahead of his age range, thinking, oh, he's going to love this. And then he wouldn't have the ability to use it yet. And then by the time he did have the ability, three pieces of it were missing. And so this time around, I, yeah, he's just not ready for those that oh. thing yet. And I'm not even going to get excited about buying it for him or... Here's one thing I worry about, is how will it be when our little guy gets older? For us, are we going to be... I mean, I'm already like the, oh, my back. (laughs) Yeah, but how old were you when you started being like, oh, my back? Well, I had a head start. I was was 25 when I had the back (laughs) of an (laughs) 80-year-old. But I still worry about how worn out we're going to be as this guy's a teenager. I mean, that, that... I, I worry about that a little, even though in a lot of ways I think it's wonderful that we're older parents. Well, I'm not going to be able to pick him up anymore. I, what I learned the hard way with your with your with your first <laughs> kid is I'm going to stop carrying him <laughs> when he gets bigger than me. <laughs> yeah, that was a problem. He was like 11, and he had like outgrown me. <laughs> But I still insisted on, like, oh, yeah, I'll pick you up to get in that tree. (laughs) And then I couldn't walk for a week. (laughs) Yeah, That really did happen. Like, I I did try to carry him up to get into a tree when he was... Uh And and I I threw on my back. Is that the time he took care of you up here? Oh, yeah. No, that was a different time where I forgot. At that, I was just walking, and all of a sudden... I fell to the ground. I couldn't walk. And he came up here and we watched Futurama together. Yeah, it was like one of his best days ever. I think he had the day off from school and he like brought you water and stuff. He was so excited. Yeah, we would it. watch Futurama and then he, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he loved that. He was so happy. That was fun. I mean, I don't worry that we are not going to have enough energy for him. Maybe it's not energy. I worry more that, that I get too tired to kind of give a shit about something. Like that he he is all wrapped up about something he really cares about. Like whether or not he can carry some stuffed animal in the car on the way to school or something. And it, like I just don't take his 
concern so seriously. Like, I think you're a lot sweeter to him in terms of when he wants something that's a pretty harmless thing that you'll go out of your way to do. Or or I'm just like, yeah, we're not taking the sea creatures to school today. They can be here when we come home. And I'll be like, we are going to get those fucking electric eels Uh that are really a strand of paper clips (laughs) into the car. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. You hold this one in your hand and you hold this one in your hand and I'm just like, no, they're going to get broken on the way down the steps. You just leave them right there and they'll be here when you come home and... He'll do it. But, you know, that that as I as we get older, but especially as I get older, that, you know, that 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 same level of like, I don't know, just I don't know. To me, I think that's kind of a good thing, like because I do think the pendulum has swung swung. Mm -hmm. Like, so I say, which way am I swunging? (laughs) No, Sorry, I've had a little too much bourbon. I think that's good because. I think, just in general, in this time and place, parents are a little too sensitive in kids' needs. Yeah. So I think being a little bit more like, get over it, it's not so precious. I mean, you know, some of it, we we do want some of the magic in there. But I think we also want a little bit of like, don't worry about that crap. But somehow, so, you know, you talk about being worried when we're older. So I don't think it'll actually happen this way. But I can picture myself being like, well, yeah, algebra, smell algebra, you know, if you don't <laughs> feel like doing it. What do I care? Yeah. Yeah. Then don't we'll do see. it, man. And you'll see what happens when you get, you know. You'll you'll see what the consequences you, are. Right, when you take it in community college or whatever. So. All right. That's what I'm feeling well, like I my think best, so. I appreciate you coming up here. Yeah, I know it's hard for you to climb the stairs these days. Oh, hush. <laughs> hush. Uh. I read something today that said that there's a doctor that has a test to see if you can sit down and then stand up. Sit down on the ground, cross-legged, and stand up without using your arms or legs to brace yourself. But if you can't do it, it's a predictor of a lack of longevity. Really? Yeah, you want to try it? On the podcast? Uh, up to you. That's horrible. Yeah. Sit down and stand up. Yeah, like, let's see, I haven't tried it yet. What? I have not tried it. Yeah, you have to... They suggest you don't do it if you've been drinking bourbon. But that you can sit down. Yeah, and then you have to stand up again. It's hard not to use something. Do you want me to give you a hand? (laughs) No, but I might die here, it appears. Whoa. Let's see. This, this... Is what I call something that does not translate to a podcast. Yeah, it isn't. That's why you can cut it out later. Okay. So, so you gotta, failed by going you gotta sit down. Time. You can't just, like, fall on your ass. No, uh-uh. Oh. Yeah, good sitting. And then, see? See, that oh, was no. easy for you. See, that doesn't Damn work. It. Because I, I'm convinced I'm going to die Damn an early it. death. I really do believe that. Really? Like that I'm not going to live long. What's up your life insurance? I mean, that would be terrible. No, seriously. Um, Why are you not going to look... Are we still talking? You still want to record? Yeah, what the hell? I can just edit it out. But no, I really do think I'm going to die early. I just feel like... Here's why I think I'm going to die an early death is... It's because I didn't clean the Lego up, isn't it? Yeah. you. The Lego was all over the place. I know. You know how disappointing that was? No, it wasn't. I think I'm going to die early because... I feel like there has to be a cost for how much I worried and brooded mm. for so many years of my life. Plus, you make it sound like that's in the past, like all that worrying and beauty. That that level, that over. level of huh. worry and bro- brooding is. Here, let's drink not to the that same. here. The, yeah, 
Yeah. Excellent. You're drinking water and I'm drinking bourbon. Uh-huh. Mm. Well, at my age, you've got to stay hydrated. Yeah. What was I going to say? Yeah, so I, I just think, like, all that time I, I worried and stayed up and thought you didn't love me and this person didn't love me and hurt about this and that, I, I just feel like I'm going to have to pay a price for that. Yeah. I, I don't know. Plus, you know, I mean, I do have, genetically speaking, you know, some heart disease in my world. All, all, the, all that to say that I, I, I do think that there's some price to pay for all yeah. that. And, you know, and I don't know how true that is. It could be. I was just in an extra attuned state of existence. Oh, interesting. But I don't know. That brooding was so intense. You yeah. know, like I could feel it in my chest yeah. how much I worried all those years. And I just can't imagine that I got through that unscathed. Who knows? Yeah, but maybe that you... The thing about you, though, is that you did work on it. You know, that you... It's not just that you hung out in that place and continued to do that forever, but... I got over it because you told me, like, get over this horse shit <laughs> or else. No, that, no, I, you didn't that say was that, not but, said. But we, I had a lot of therapy. Um, I mean, before me and, and once our relationship began, you've had a lot of therapy. on your Like, on your own, you actively have worked. So yeah. it's not even any credit to me. In fact, I think it's... If you weren't so comfortable with therapy, I'm not sure we would have gone to a therapist by now. Yeah. I still think that the heart is a fragile muscle and I've yeah. already done damage to it. Yeah. But you know, that that's mixing metaphor and the real physical heart. Well that happens but, sometimes, uh, but but I don't know. We'll find out. We'll re record this and see if I'm still around. Yeah. When we tackle theology next time. <laughs> when we tackle having children in your nineties. <laughs> oh nice. Those are two very different topics. Coming, I don't know if we can cover coming that. Coming up next, giving birth in your we got, I got. A, I still gotten some really solid feedback about the, the couples counseling one. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think that one. That one really worked. And one, I think it was just a good, super coherent topic. Mm-hmm. And it, it, we you were able some to good cover. Organization. Yeah, good organization. And we covered some real ground through the things we, you know, through each phase of our counseling years so anyway okay that's it you want to say bye to the podcast bye podcast Uh. bye bye